Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of the Hear Me Tell It, the life and times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, right shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Well, good morning, folks, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. My wife told me the other day, she said, you might want to consider changing the name of your podcast. I said, why? She said, because you've you've deviated. You've changed course. It's no longer what you started out and you said it was going to be. So I may consider that. I don't know. I may consider it. It ain't, it's, it's not like, well, well, dang, Jerry, you got, you got thousands and thousands of people already tuned in to hear me tell it. <laughs> Why in the world would you change it? They're going to be confused. And the reality is there's 20 something people that listen on a regular basis. And I think they'll figure it out. And I may do it. I don't know. That's, I'm, that's at the, uh, the verdict is still out on that one. Thanks for everybody uh, for listening. Hope y'all enjoyed last week. I enjoyed doing it. This week, and I'm recording this. Uh, I know you guys are listening to it on Wednesday, Wednesday the 17th. Today's Monday the 15th of January in the year of our Lord. And this episode, I think, is number 70. This is the 7th, 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 the 7th. That's a hard word to say. Anyway, it's number 70, the 70th uh, episode that I've uh, recorded. And I got to thinking the other day, I thought, well, if nothing if nothing else, if nothing else, and I'm not sure what the technology will be in 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, but if nothing else, maybe my children's children's children may be interested. Hell, I don't know. You know, it's, it's kind of like you know when we when we first started taking videos uh, with eight millimeters, we're like, "Hey, we're making history. We're recording history. Our children would love to look at it." Well, hell, ain't nobody got an eight millimeter projector anymore that I know of. So then it became popular to, well, I, I need to take everything that's on an eight millimeter and slides. Y'all remember slides and transform to a CD, and then we'll record it that way. Well, then they put them on CDs floppy disk, and then CDs. But then turn around, and now computers today, you can't buy a laptop that's got a damn CD driver in it. doesn't have one. And programs don't come on CD. You don't go to the store anymore uh, that I'm aware of and buy, uh, you know, software that's it's on a, you know, on a CD, and you got to put in the code. Everything's done now via the cloud. So who knows what the uh, the technology is going to be? I don't know if my kids are going to want this or not, or if they, and if they did want it, if, if they would have access to it. Who knows? All right. So anyway, so today is the 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 number seventy, episode seventy. Don't know what I'm going to call it yet, but my point is, squirrel. My point is, I'm recording this on January the fifteenth, and it is my understanding today is Martin Luther King Day, and. Uh, I don't know what year they started this, but and uh, is it fitting? Absolutely. But I don't know what year they started it. I don't know. Uh, I guess I should have looked that up before I started. But I was doing some research about the civil rights movement and going back and look at it, and I think it's, uh, I think it's natural. I think it's awesome. 
I think it proves why America is excellent. Um, there's a ton of uh, ton of other countries who have not given up on slavery. And when the civil rights movement took place in the United States, there was no slavery. That was abolished in around 1865, 1864, 1865. So uh, really, we're talking the civil rights movement in America was 100 years after slavery was abolished. And, 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 and again, I think it was, it was, it was, it was natural. It was fitting. It was a good thing. And it, and again, it proves why America is exceptional, exceptional. You know, the two, the two biggest countries who abolished slavery were Europe and, um, Western Europe and America. Wow. Imagine that. Um, there are other countries today, uh, on this globe that still actively, buy and trade slaves um, in mass tens of millions of people. And, but nobody wants to seem to talk about that. Anyway, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a quote here. And this is not going to be a long episode. It's not going to be a long episode. I'm going to read a quote, and I want you to think about, like, well, who, who said that? So here's the quote. <clears throat> and I quote, Oppressed people cannot remain oppressed forever. The yearning for freedom eventually manifests itself, and that is what has happened to the American Negro. If one recognizes this vital urge that has engulfed the Negro community, one should readily understand why public demonstrations are taking place. The Negro has many pent-up resentments, and laden frustrations. Now, for those who don't know what the word laden means, latent, 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 it means it can't be measured. It means it can't be measured, like laden heat of uh, evaporation or laden heat of condensation. Laden heat is, is, laden means you can't measure it. So I'll I'll go back up and and read that line again. It says, the Negro has many pent-up resentments and laden frustrations and he must release them. So let him march. Let him make prayer pilgrimages to the city hall and let him go on freedom rides and try to understand why he must do so. If his repressed emotions are not released in nonviolent ways, then... Excuse me, they will seek expression through violence. I'm going to say that again. If his repressed, not oppressed, if his repressed emotions are not released in nonviolent ways, they will seek expression through violence. This is not a threat, but a fact of history. And I'm going to come back to that sentence. The person who said this, is describing a behavior, a human behavior. I'm going to read it for the third time. It says, if his repressed emotions are not released in nonviolent ways, they will seek expression through violence. This is not a threat, but a fact of history. And this was said in 1963. So somebody's quoting, somebody said this, but they're referencing history. So, I have not said to my people, 
get rid of your discontent. Rather, I have tried to say that this is normal and healthy discontent can be channeled into <clears throat> the creative outlet of nonviolent direct action. Quoted, and this was actually from a letter that was written by Martin Luther, Dr. Martin Luther King, was written in, in the jail in Birmingham. And I thought this was really telling and very profound, uh, the contents of this letter. <clears throat> the, and, the, and this is just an opinion piece, but I find it interesting today that when we see and hear all the TV pundits talking about oppression and expression of violence, we saw all the riots and whatnot, <clears throat> how even Dr. Martin Luther King spoke about that and said it was natural. It was natural. <clears throat> so I got to thinking about, you know, the January 6th event. I do not believe it was insurrection, not for New York Second. I don't believe that. Um, did it turn? I don't, I don't know how violent it was. You know, I watched all that stuff on TV, uh, all the, the uh, what was that, crackhead uh, criminal that got killed. And, and now they've learned that, I think I think the evidence is is that George Floyd wasn't killed; he died of a damn overdose. But anyway, um, he became martyred, and and oh look, you know, uh, I think it was in Minnesota. Look what they did to him and all that crap. The guy was a thug. He was a thug. He was a crackhead, drughead, criminal thug. And in my humble opinion, you know, you live a life like that, you get what you get. So, uh, but they, they damn near burned the cities down. All these riots and all that stuff, all the people that were killed and harmed, the tens of millions, if not billion, but the tens of million dollars, millions of dollars of, of you know, businesses that were destroyed and city uh, property. How many police cars, you know, police precincts were, were, were you know, uh, destroyed or damaged? You know, I just I just can't fathom that, but you know, if, if I read this today, is is are are they? And of course, that was violent. That was that was violent. I don't see what happened on January sixth as violent at all. I don't. Uh, they said, oh, somebody beat a police officer with a fire extinguisher. That come out to be lie. That was a lie. And there's there's news organizations that today will continue to spread that lie. But that was a lie. Uh, there was another man who they said, oh, this police officer died. Well, he died of a heart attack because he was fat and overweight and old. Uh, so, But there was a girl killed, but she was shot by a uh, security officer uh, when she was just climbing through a window, nonviolent. She, she didn't have a gun, nothing. She just climbed through a window that somebody broke out, and he shot her point blank, killed her. And there's and there's a ton of people still uh, arrested and still in jailed, but they've never been charged, and they never had their day in court, <clears throat> and it's been a while. So I don't see that as an insurrection, and I don't see it as violent by any stretch. And all you got to do is watch the new videos that were released uh, of the, uh, the the footage inside the Capitol where the Capitol Police are escorting, just walking along and talking to the people who are supposed to be insurrectionists. That's about the most peaceful insurrections I've ever seen. Where they actually go in there, they fist bump each other, they have a conversation, they kind of give them an escort. How many how many riots have you seen when the people that were doing the riot they stayed inside the little the little walkways 
and and they didn't get outside. They said, okay, y'all got to stay in this area right here now, and then uh, we'll put these handcuffs on you. But when you get the front door, we'll take them off, and there was no fighting, and, and we'll let them go, and there's a lot of videos. But see, the Democrats didn't want that release. All right, so anyway, so I, I read this letter that Martin Luther King wrote in uh, 1963 from a Birmingham jail, and he talked about a natural a natural thing that would happen if people aren't let or allowed and to appreciate, I guess, them to vent their pent-up frustration and their laden frustration. You can't measure it. <clears throat> well, here's the problem I have with today. You know, this was in 1963, and these were people that have actually lived, lived through what was going on through the 40s and the 50s and the 60s. So today we have a culture who continues to try to relive something that doesn't happen anymore. And, and people can go, well, Jerry, you don't understand it. Well, I think I do. I think I, I think I fully understand it. I think I fully understand it. So they go, well, you, you don't understand. No, well, no, because, you know, the, 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 the days of the 40s and the 50s, that stuff's gone, man. It's gone. As a matter of fact, there was a great deal, in my humble opinion, there was a great deal of racial healing that took place in the in the 70s all the way up into the early 80s and then the democrats figured out uh oh we're losing our voter base that's what happened the democrats figured out we're losing our voter base and and not need i remind anybody all the racial discrimination all the slavery all that stuff read your history it was all the kkk it was all democrats they were all Democrats, and they figured out in the late 70s and early 80s, uh-oh, we're in trouble. We are in trouble because they're the party that wants to stay in power. So what do they do? They pick at old sores and say, man, this, 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 this racial wound is almost completely healed. Let's dig at it. Let's dig at it and make it really, really, really bad. Well, in order to do that, you got to get some folks that's going to do the digging and picking for you. And what do they do? Money is power. Money entices people. Just like, just like way back in the 14 and 1500s, who were selling, who was actually out capturing all these human beings, slaves in Africa and selling them? They were other black Africans. So other black Africans were actually out there in the bush, out there in the, in the, uh, in the land, capturing raiding other villages. It was tribal warfare, but they were out there catching them, putting them in chains and ropes around their necks, dragging them to the uh, the west part of uh, the coast and selling them to the highest bidder. Money, greed, talks. It always talks. So the Democrats needed somebody to pick at the sores, and I all you got to do is just got to give them, got to give them some money. So the likes of Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton, Reverend Wright, uh, and a host of other people who have learned that if you keep stirring the pot, then I'll get paid. And as long as I'm paid, I don't give a damn why I'm stirring the pot. And I'll just keep picking at a sore that was almost completely healed. Almost completely healed. So I thought that was interesting. Hmm. So I got to thinking about that today. It's Martin Luther King Day, and I and I wonder. I'm just I'm just being somewhat prophetic. I wonder what 
truly, you know, and you, all you got to do is watch uh, Loretta King. She'll talk about it. And, and, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of blacks don't like to hear her talk. But what would Martin Luther King say today when he talked about his dream? Is this the dream he had? Is this the dream? You know, I'm not running. I'll, I'll never run for public office, so I don't care. I don't care. You know, there's a, people who really, people who say, oh, I want to be a politician. I want to be a politician. I don't know what would, what would drive anybody to want to do that, especially today. But they, they, you know, they get groomed. They're like, well, you got to be real careful about what you write and real careful about what you say because that stuff will come back to haunt you. And there's a lot of truth to that. What you say is a record. There's a lot of truth to that. I forgot where I was going. Dead gummit. Anyway, so I, I, I thought about today, things are so much different, so much different. And the, and the likes of all those people I just named, picking at the sores and all that kind of stuff, yeah, they, they just they don't want it to heal. They don't want it to heal. And the liberal Democrats know it. They know it. And that's all they got to do is, you know, we just we just got to make it seem like uh, your your shortcomings and everything is uh, is the reason is because you've been you've been oppressed. Well, you know, a 25 year old person today, uh, in my humble opinion, uh, doesn't have any idea uh, what oppression is. They think they do, but they don't. So, you know, when you when you go to a job interview and you look like a thug, regardless of the color of your skin. But if you look like a thug, you act like a thug, you can't speak properly, you can't formulate a sentence, you can't write, you have zero social skills, um, you got, you know, you're, you're riddled with, with nuts, bolts, and tattoos all over your body, so it's grotesque, and you're even hard to look at, and you have no work ethics about you, none whatsoever, none whatsoever, and you figure, you know what, I just... I just, uh, I, I want to be treated like everybody else. Well, you're not going to get treated like everybody else because you don't act and look like everybody else. And, 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 and people go, well, you know, you're, you're being oppressed because of that. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because you look like an idiot. And, and, and you know, you don't, have, you don't have, you know, good work ethics. So, anyway, the Democrats like to keep it that way. And before I, before I close, I'm in, in, in my, I told you all I have this. Is it this book I have? It's called The Discovery Education in the United States History. Uh, a great book. A great book. And I do. I read it a lot. But there's a picture uh, on page uh, 948. There's a picture in this book, a history book, on page 948 of a, of a black girl holding a big sign. I guess it was during some demonstration. And I thought this was profound. This was profound. You remember, perceptions are real. They're, everybody's perceptions are real. They're real to them. But I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, because there's, there's, there's limited amount of information about this girl holding this sign, but I'm guessing it was during, you know, when, when the whole Rosa Park thing took place. But she's holding a sign, and she's well-dressed. I want to I focus on that. She's well-dressed. She has nice shoes, nice socks, nice dress. Her hair's done nice. She's quite frankly, she's. I think she's a very well put together, attractive lady. But she has a sign that's been handwritten. We want quote, we want to sit down like everyone else. That's what it said. We want to sit down now. Now it's implied. I think is we want to sit down on like on the bus like everybody else. Well, when the bus is full, uh, there's folks that's going to stand. 
Okay, but the perceptions are, okay, we get on the bus and everybody white sitting down, everybody black standing up. I would have the same perception. I would. Huh, look at that. You know, and you know, and woe be unto some asshole. And I wasn't alive. Well, I guess I was alive, but I wasn't there. But you know what? If some jackleg, you know, racist piece of crap uh, is on a bus, and let's say a white lady gets on the bus, but all the seats are taken, and somebody actually has the the immoral and litigated gall to say to somebody that's black, oh, you need to get up to let the white lady sit down, well, then you're a piece of crap. They were a piece of crap then, they're a piece of crap now. So did that happen then? Absolutely. I think it did happen. I know it happened. You know, and I believe such wrongs have been righted. I do. I believe that. So, but she's holding the sign, we want to sit down like everybody else. And here's what I would say to Dr. If Dr. Martha Luther King were alive today, here's what I would sit down and say to him. I'll say, you know what? I 100% believe in the movement of civil rights. I think all human beings should be treated equally. Equally. I don't believe in equity. I believe all human beings should be treated equally. The life, uh, the right to pursue happiness, freedom, liberty, that should all be equal. But it's all based on someone's input. It's based on someone's character. It's based on someone's moral integrity. All those things. I don't see anybody holding up signs uh, saying, uh, you know, we want to be uh, treated equally. Equally. Where, where's that sign? We want to be treated equally. Because I think the perception was, or it was then, and maybe even now is, is that a lot of people get a pass because of the color of their skin. But then when they get in that position and they realize, oh, wait, I'm being treated fairly and I'm treated equally. And I find it ironic, the irony of right now what's going on with that old gal, Fannin Willis, the prosecutor in Fulton County, who got caught. She got caught. Everybody knows who she is. She's, a, she's the, uh, the, the black woman who's the, uh, the uh, Fulton County District Attorney who hired her lover, Nathan Wade, and now they got caught uh, embezzling money and not embezzling, I guess the word, defrauding the taxpayers. Yeah, yeah, she hired her old lover boy who just recently divorced his old lady, and now it's, it's an old Nathan. He, he gets hired. He's just a, a jackleg lawyer. And she, because she's sleeping with him and he's, he's doing the thing with her, she brings him on board. He's just an ambulance chasing, you know, a uh, little misdemeanor type lawyer guy. See him on billboards going up and down I-75. Uh, and and all of a sudden now he's in the bed with old Fanny Willis. And, and lo and behold, uh, he gets paid a ton of money. He's like the highest paid state attorney in the entire state of Georgia, and the taxpayers are paying for it. And him and him and Miss Fanny going on trips, spending that money, man. And then he gets invited to the White House, not once, but twice. Why does the White House administration need to ask Nathan Wade, who's sleeping and working with Fanny Willis, who's prosecuting Donald Trump? Why does he get invited to the White House? I would love to know what they talked about and who he talked to. Who in the White House had a conversation with Nathan Wade? We're taxpayers. We're the citizens of the United States. We have a right to know. We have a right to know. But my point being is, old Fannie Willis is already on TV. She was in a church yesterday. 
Fannie Willis was in a church yesterday giving a speech. A church separates a church and state? Hmm, don't think so. But she's talking about how she's being treated, and it's all because of race. So Fannie Willis throws up the race card the day before, and it's in the news today on the celebration of Martin Luther King Day, how she's being treated unfairly because of the color of her skin. No, she's being treated equally is what she's being treated, but she doesn't want to be treated equally. She doesn't want to be treated equally. What she's doing is wrong. It is unjust. It is morally unjust. It is legally unjust. And she got caught. Her and her lover boy, Nathan Wade, got caught. I don't know where Brian Kemp is, but she's on TV. She's being documented, and she's in a church. What kind of church do you think she was in? Church of God? So they say. But she's now playing the race card, and because of what she did, it's all because of the color of her skin, and they're picking on me, and I don't want to be treated equally. She don't want to be treated equally. So, all right, that's all I got. So wasn't, wasn't much of two to hear me tell it. Um Nope, that's it. All right, God bless y'all. Happy January. Stay safe. Mike Coker, oh boy, he's living the dream. I got a picture of him the other day, him and his gal, celebrating uh, the the incoming of the new year. He's a good man. He's a good man. Bicycle.